Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever edition of For the Winds Gridiron Geeks. Uh, I'm Charles Curtis. I am one of the writers for uh, USA Today's For the Win, and I am here with Steven Ruiz. Steven, how are you? I'm doing good. It was a it was a fun weekend of NFL games after a boring two weeks. Finally, right? Like we've been sitting here uh, talking about boring football for a week, and we finally got some really exciting games. Uh, since this is our first podcast, we we got to kind of introduce ourselves. Um, I am the resident fantasy geek at uh, For the Win. Uh, I spend a lot of time writing, talking, thinking, dreaming, uh, waking up in the middle of the night about my fantasy teams. I have five of them. Um, I'm a little, I got a little problem. Um, and I really love talking uh, with Steven. Uh, you can tell them about uh, your expertise, where it lies. So I always like feel pretentious when I say this, but I try to watch as much film as I can. I try to break down the game from an X's and O's standpoint. I'm not so good at fantasy football. <laughs> I feel <laughs> but like... I, I, yeah, I, I wrote down, this is a guy who studies almost as much tape as Mel Kuyper, and I truly do believe that. I don't know if I've I've reached Mel's status yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, he, yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, so so we're going to talk a little bit about real football and fake football to help you with, get through your week of real and fake football. And uh, uh, Stephen, uh, we should talk about our favorite teams. Uh, who do you root for? I am a Panthers fan, which is they're two and one, but I'm still depressed. Yeah, it's 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 been a rough go for Cam Newton there, huh? Yeah, it's not looking good. His shoulder is still messed up, and the offense is just a mess around him. I, I honestly don't know where they're going to go from here, but we'll see. Yeah, well, maybe they'll just keep chucking, chucking passes to Christian McCaffrey. That seemed to work this week. I, it worked for 13 points, but <laughs> it worked for his fantasy owners, but not for the team. <laughs> There you go. Exactly. See, and this is why we're getting together, so we can kind of, you know, uh, uh, fix things uh, for both uh, real life uh, football and, and fantasy owners. Uh, I, I, I have to say, you have a better situation than I do. I'm a Giants fan, and I'm really depressed because the Giants just lost a heartbreaker to the Eagles, and their team is a mess. And a team that I definitely thought was a contender this year is now not so much a contender. But uh, uh, you know, at least we have a couple of rings with Eli to, to, to kind of uh, rest our laurels on. Yeah, I feel like we we both have first world problems here. I mean, the Panthers are two and one, and I'm complaining. You have two rings in the last decade plus, and you're complaining. You know, we're good. Yeah. We're not Browns fans, so we're not Browns fans. We're not Jets fans either. So that, that so we have some things to be thankful. For. But the Jets won yesterday, so I I don't know. We were taping this on a Monday, so yeah, we're right before uh, the Cowboys play tonight. Just just so everyone's aware, why we're not talking about the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Let's get into it though. We we kind of uh, came up with some ideas for. Some segments here. We're going to start out with one we call Four Downs, which is we're going to just talk about four issues that came out of this week from the, again, real and fantasy uh, NFL world. So the first question I have is, what's the deal with the Eagles' backfield now that Darren Sproles is out with a horrifying injury? He injured both his ACL, tore his ACL, and broke his arm, I think, on one play against the Giants. Um, what do you think about Wendell Smallwood and, and uh, Corey Clement and, and LeGarrette Blunt and how to kind of you know parse through that? So I'm, I mean, I have no idea at this point. I was ready to give up on LeGarrette Blunt after he got zero carries the week before. He actually had he actually had a couple carries. I think they were called back by penalties, so they weren't official snaps. But yeah, I think this is a situation you just stay away from, right? Totally. Totally. That's exactly right. Did you see anything on tape that indicated something might be, you know, helpful for, for everybody? Are the, are the, is it just going to be more Garrett Blunt and, and some Wendell Smallwood? 
So I think it's going to be a game plan thing. So it's going to be dependent on who they're playing that week. Uh, the Eagles have a, they have a diverse running game. I would say they do zone blocking. They do man blocking. I think Blunt is more of more comfortable in a man blocking scheme, and that's mostly what they ran this week. So we'll see how they handle it going forward. I think after a month is when you can really tell what's going to be the trend going forward. Yeah, and, and from a fantasy perspective, my, my knee-jerk reaction is to say I'm not spending, if you're, you're one of those leagues that has you know free agent bidding or you're a league that has waivers where you kind of spend your, your waiver claim, if you have like the second highest waiver priority, then you get sent down to the bottom. I wouldn't be spending it on Wendell Smallwood if I were even a Sproles owner or not a Sproles owner mm-hmm. who is desperate for a running back. I just feel like this Eagles team has, has a mix and, and you know Eagles fans have been you know screaming for them to run the ball and they're not. So I, there's a lot there that I just don't like and I, I I watched that game a lot yesterday obviously as a Giants fan and I saw you know Clement getting carries and Smallwood getting carries and they just didn't look exactly and of course it's against the Giants defense they didn't exactly look like um uh mm-hmm. top running back tiers maybe a couple of weeks we'll see Smallwood who is a sleeper before the season kind of emerge but right now I'm not feeling that I'm kind of waiting on some other running backs later in the year to kind of emerge from injuries or or you know other 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 things yeah, they and they throw the ball a ton. I mean, Wentz yeah. threw it six hundred times as a rookie. He's probably going to break that this year. So yeah, you can't rely on their running game anyway. Yeah, exactly. I I, I I'm so high on Zach Ertz, and there's a reason why he just he's Mister Consistent every week. And and uh, you know that's the that's the guy I'd want to own right now, even even with Alshon Jeffrey there as well. Question number two, and this is one that that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, the second of our four downs is Kareem Hunt continually going to be the real deal that he's already been for three weeks. I have to give you so much credit on this one. You called it right when <laughs> where went down. Yes, Kareem Hunt is the real deal. I mean, I've seen, I've, I haven't watched the Chiefs game from this last week yet, but the first two games, he was so impressive. He breaks tackles. He's fast. There's nothing he can't do. He's a, he's a great running back. Yeah, and, and uh, you mentioned you're, you're giving me credit, and it's the only thing I think I can take credit for coming into uh, uh, the season is is my, my only good call, which is fine. You can only, you know, it's like golf. You can only go off of, you know, one good shot. It always brings you back. Uh, I said Kareem Hunt was going to be the real deal. Uh, I just thought, and, and my reasoning was kind of silly. It was sort of like, well, you know, if, uh, if, if Spencer Ware can do decently in this offense, and we know that, uh, that, that Andy Reid likes his running backs and likes to really game plan around running backs, then therefore the better, more dynamic, fresher runner in Cream Hunt will be better. So, and, and, and he's been nothing short of amazing, uh, for, for, especially for fantasy owners who got him before the Spencer Ware injury, even though his, his stock was climbing. I think he's still the real deal, uh, especially in today's NFL when there's practically no three down backs. Um, and especially, I, I really loved this year coming in a lot of rookie running backs just on the theory that, you know, every year there's way more wear and tear on them. And, and you know, a guy coming in is way more fresh. So I'm on the Kareem Hunt bandwagon going forward. Uh, I don't see any stopping. I just don't I don't see anything that can stop him short of an injury. Uh, I just think that's just the way that their team operates with, these, you know, the short passing and all that. Do you, do you see anything that you, you think could could potentially uh, bring him, you know, down from where he is? My one concern is maybe the big plays start to dry up and defenses start to figure out uh, Andy Reid's offense. I, I mean, it's not like the traditional Andy Reid offense. It's kind of been building and building since he got to Kansas City. They're adding more 
read options and uh, you know kind of gadget plays with Tyreek Hill. And Hunt is he caught a deep touchdown pass against the Patriots. That's uh, a play defenses are gonna you know start preparing for. So maybe they start taking the things uh, the things the Chiefs do to get him the ball away, but. That's the only way I see him slowing down. He's still going to be productive no matter what. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill, too, was another one that I, I was... It's funny, I was coming to the year really high on him or really low, and I couldn't. I kept waffling every day. I had him in a league where he's, he was a potential keeper. And I just thought, I, I, I can't risk it because what if he's what if he's Cordero Patterson 2.0 and, and there were all these these other experts who were saying going either way they were saying no he's he's gonna be Cordero Patterson no he's he's different and it turns out he's different because he's just that speedy you wrote something about that uh, uh early in the year about how what a game changer he is yeah I'm in two fantasy leagues and in both my fantasy league I took him within the first three rounds and wow I, yeah and I kind of had a couple people like you know, scoffing at me for taking him, but yeah, I was all in because I think he's more talented talented than uh, Cord- Cordero Patterson. Sorry, uh, and I think Andy Reid's a better coach than Norv Turner. <laughs> <laughs> that I think we can actually confirm that. Yeah, this is one of the best things about about Stephen is that he has these uh, opinions about these players and he sticks to it, and he's right most of the time. This is this is one of my favorite things. I'm very excited to be doing this podcast with somebody who is like that. Uh, question number three of our four downs. What are you making of the Lions? And I'll start off with this one just from a, both a fantasy and real-world perspective. I'm shocked by the whole thing. Uh, Matthew Stafford, we thought, doesn't necessarily have the weapons to be a viable fantasy quarterback and a, kind of a real-world quarterback. Like, we know he's good, but, you know, you thought with the receiving weapons, he's just going to be dinking and dunking all day. So is he really going to, you know, go downfield? Is he going to be able to, you know, do anything beyond that, like, quick hurry up Jim Bob Cooter slants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, I, I am very impressed by what I've seen. I drafted Golden Tate in a couple of leagues. I was very low on Amir Abdullah coming into the year because he's just burned me way too many times. I've sort of drafted him in, and traded for him with the hopes that the, the talent merges. Now I'm seeing it. You're sort of seeing that, that um, they have some really good pieces. And I think Stafford's finally comfortable in it. And you can tell me otherwise, but I, I think they are a playoff team as they were last year, but a legitimate uh, plant team that could win a game or two. So I wrote about this this morning. I, I'm not so high on the Lions. I think they're a playoff team. But my problem is they don't have the receiver that can stretch the field. You know, a lot was made of Stafford having a great year last year without Calvin Johnson. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it was sort of addition by subtraction because it forced him to go spread the ball around. But I disagree with that. Because now defenses don't have to worry about that deep ball. For a couple of reasons, you have you don't have the player to stretch the field. Matt Stafford's accuracy on deeper throws, the longer he holds the ball, the worse his accuracy gets. And the offensive line is still a bit unproven. It's definitely better than it was last year. So now defenses don't have to go back deep. They can load the box. They can play press on the receivers. And then that makes the running game harder. And obviously, the Lions have had trouble running the ball. So that dink and dunk style that they adopted since Cooter took over, it it works most of the time, but against these run and chase defenses that you'll see in Atlanta and Seattle and Carolina, uh, that doesn't work against them because they can tackle. They rally to the ball and tackle and limit yards after catch, and the Lions' offense relies on yards after catch now. See, that's interesting because you didn't mention one six foot four Kenny Galladay, who I'm not actually that high on. I, I liked what I saw out of the first game, but I was not buying in yet, even though he had that 
amazing first preseason and, and game and everyone was, you know, buzzing about him being the next, you know, Calvin Johnson replacement, but not quite Calvin Johnson. And I'm still not there yet with him, but I kind of think as he continues to play that, that there's some upside there. It's just not quite there yet. I, I think he puts it all together next year. I've never been high on rookie receivers to begin with because it's, it's such a, a transition into the NFL. Um, I've been wrong about that before, obviously. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wonder if, if that's the missing piece is a guy like Galladay, but maybe not him. Mm-hmm. What's your take? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. They need a big receiver who can catch, who can not only, it's not just like catching contested balls downfield. It's getting separation. Like Marvin Jones can make those catches, but he's not going to consistently get separation downfield where they can like build their offense around like deep shots, which is that Stafford's strength. Yeah. But with Galladay, so with Galladay, I'm 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 not high on him. He had the he had the two big catches in the, the first week, but he dropped a couple passes. I don't think he's like a great route runner at this point. So yeah, they're not going to be able to rely on him. For the whole season. That's too bad. That's just too bad. He's everyone. Everyone was so buzzing about him. I was sort of like, well, let's let's wait and see. I'm not a you know going to knee jerk week one. You know, kind of be there. Next question: Are the Pats and their defense is is their defense specifically in trouble? What's your take? So I also read about this this morning, and I don't think they are. They're not going to be dominant. They're not even going to be as good as they were a year ago. I don't think. But they're going to be just fine because the offense is going to be great. So if Belichick gets them to play league average defense, they're going to be the Patriots are going to be fine. The problem is they've lost so much talent on the front seven over the last couple of years. I mean, they've lost Ninkovich to retirement right before the season, Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins, Akeem Hicks. I mean, that's just too much talent that they haven't replaced. The secondary is great, but the front seven, there's just they're, there's just no talent on it. But with that said, Patricia and Belichick, they can draw up blitzes and they're, they're going to solve those issues. Yeah, I, I mean, Trey Flowers having himself a season and, and uh, he's he's kind of the guy that I think coming in, everyone was kind of like, all right, maybe he steps up and, mm-hmm. and replaces some of those guys. But yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing the vaunted Patriots defense that we've seen in the past, but I don't think they need to be. And I think that's your point as well, is that it's not a team, you know, you know the Patriots are going to rack up the points against another team. They don't necessarily have to be a shutdown defense to win games. And I think that that's perfectly fine, even in a Bill Belichick uh, team. And I think for fantasy teams or, you know, anybody playing the Patriots, I'm always kind of secretly high on, on, on players, no matter what, even though we know that Belichick is game planning for, you know, taking away your one specific weapon because, he did that for Julio Jones. Look, you know what happened in the Super Bowl with that. Um, but you always know that there's going to be garbage time where there's going to be, you know, hurry up and 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 throw the ball down the field. Um, most times against the Patriots. I mean, what we saw was Houston pick them apart left and right with, uh, you know, trying to get into the backfield uh, to Deshaun Watson, and and it, he was he was avoiding the the, the pass rush pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that proved to me that that it, playing the Patriots doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you should bench anybody or kind of downgrade a lot of people, right? Does that does that seem seem uh, reasonable? Yeah, in the past, you might think about taking out if you had a team's like number one target, you might think about benching him against the Patriots because that's what Belichick is known for, taking away those guys, but that hasn't been the case this year. Hopkins had a, yeah. a decent game considering he was playing with a rookie quarterback. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a good game that first week. I thought Belichick would have something planned for him, and he, he got open on a deep pass. So, yeah, I don't think there's any reason to fear the Patriots defense this year. I do think 
you brought up Trey Flowers. I think he's he's really good, and he was really good in the Super Bowl. He's probably the reason they stayed in that game. And they have this rookie, Dietrich Wise, who's been pretty good. I mean, these guys are they are not elite pass rushers, and that's the problem. You, you're going to need those guys against the top passing games in the AFC, like the Raiders and the Steelers. But Belichick's going to figure it out. Because he always does. Uh, moving on, we, we, we decided that we wanted to share with you, our audience, uh, one unpopular opinion of the week that we have. Uh, I'll let you lead off with this one, because this is one that I actually kind of agree with, but I want you to, to kind of elaborate. Uh, what's your unpopular opinion, Stephen? All right. Raiders fans, make sure you're sitting down for this. I don't think Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. I don't even think he's that close, to be honest. I think he's more around 15 at the moment. I just think he has the best pass-blocking offensive line in the league. And they were not the best pass-blocking offensive line in the league for one night last night. The Redskins got a lot of pressure on Carr, and it, it exposes flaws. When he has to move his feet, when he has to go to his second and third options, his his deci- decision-making is is not good. He throws a lot of balls into coverage, and that happened last night. He threw two interceptions, and he could have thrown at least four by my count. And his accuracy suffers. He threw one pass. He had a wide-open Michael Crabtree, and he, had, he made Crabtree – jump and extend for the ball and Crutcher got hit in the ribs almost got injured so yeah when he has to face adversity I, I don't think he looks like a top 10 quarterback at all it's very interesting because he's had so far the highest completion percentage of his career thus far obviously early in the season small sample size we all know about that 70 percent uh, of his throws but yeah I, I watched some of that game and the, and the Redskins got to him way more than I expected I expected that that game to be uh, you know, upwards of, uh, you know, if they were taking the over-under, take upwards of, of 48 or 50 in it, you know. Th- he just didn't look the same. And I, I think, you know, I-, I worry, and this is also from a fantasy perspective, I worry about Amari Cooper dropping passes left and right. And I think that He's Crabtree's Carr's guy. Yeah, you're, you're not a fan of Amari? Oh, I am. I I think he's off to a bad start. I think he has like 19 targets and he has eight catches and six drops. Uh, it's brutal. But yeah, it's brutal. I think he's and I, a good player, though. Yeah. Good player. he is right. Like he's he's got it all together. You see it on the field all the time. You know, he runs great routes. Uh, you know, he's he's got the speed. He puts on the afterburners. Yeah, but the drops are, are disconcerting, and that's why I think Crabtree is is. And we've seen this the last season or two that that Crabtree is kind of Carr's guy uh, because he's he's more dependable. Which is so funny. We wouldn't have said that about Michael Crabtree what like three or four years ago uh, as a 49er. But yeah, now he's. He's, you know, Mr. Reliable Veteran uh, for Derek Carr. But I, my thing is that I don't necessarily worry about Carr in that offense because I just think he probably won't lead in the Super Bowl right now the way the team is constructed, yes. But I still think they are a contender because they're balanced uh, on both sides of the ball. I think that, that Carr and that offense, they find their groove uh, game to game. But, yeah, there are going to be times when they get stopped uh, like they did last night. So they're inconsistent, but I th- ultimately think that they have a shot at ten games, uh, winning 10 games this year. Yeah, I'm not worried about the offense. I don't think Carr has to be a top-10 quarterback to for the offense to be successful. I just don't think he's there yet. We're so quick to anoint the next best quarterback, and I think we kind of jumped the gun on Carr. I think he, he deserves the praise because he's good and he's young, and he, he looks like he can become a, the next great quarterback, but he's just not there yet. So, you know, slow down with the MVP talk. <laughs> that I see. I agree with you on that. I, I don't see it yet, uh, quite yet. I'm going to share with you my, my opinion. Um, I don't think, as of right now, I think the Steelers are out in the first round of the playoffs. 
That's my take. Because I just don't see it right now. I think they are a really bad team on the road. It, it's really alarming to me. Uh, it alarmed me last year with like Drew Brees, who would go away from uh, the Superdome and away from indoor games, and suddenly he'd be uh, not a top-five quarterback. And it was it was really annoying, both from a fantasy perspective and, of course, for the Saints, a really a tough thing to do. But here you've got the Steelers' offense. It just The Bears are actually pretty secretly kind of pretty good. Um, the kind of spoiler team that you expect to, to, to roll over, and they just don't. They, they don't go away. Uh, even with Mike Lennon, and and th- these are games that the Pittsburgh Steelers should be winning, uh, and and they they barely escaped Cleveland uh, with a victory, and I, I'm just not seeing it all together yet. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the same guy he was, and I think that Le'Veon Bell still getting his feet under him, so maybe that that's that's a kind of a buy low opportunity for the team in general and for for Le'Veon Bell uh, uh, folks in fantasy. Uh, but I just I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, I, they haven't put it all together uh, uh, yet. I mean, they did against uh, Minnesota at home. But that was against Case Keenum. So, I don't know. I'm not there yet with the Steelers. I don't think that they're necessarily the big contender for the against the Patriots. I don't think we're going to see them in the AFC Championship game at the end of the year. See, I disagree, and I agree with what you're saying. I disagree that they're going to lose in the playoffs in the first round. I think they're going to be in the AFC Championship game. But, yeah, they're a disappointment so far. And that always seems to be the case during the regular season. But they always seem to get it together right before the playoffs start and then the and then they win a game or two in the playoffs. But yeah, the the road game thing is a concern. I mean, that's why I picked we did we do our picks post and I picked the Bears. Because of that fact. They always they always seem to drop these games. And yeah, I think that's it, not a good thing. Yeah, I think Roethlisberger is inconsistent. He's a good quarterback, top ten quarterback for sure, but he's so inconsistent and he's been bad on the road. He's a different quarterback. What do you attribute that to, though? Is it just like old man Roethlisberger, you know, going away from from the from the friendly <laughs> confines of Heinz, Heinz Field? I can't figure it out because he's he's this, this has never been a problem for him before. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. I've I've tried to think about it, and I you know I can't come up with any good theories. Well, we'll have to we'll have to keep watching it because yeah, it, yeah. it bears watching. And of course, it's alarming for like people who are Le'Veon Bell owners who are going, "Oh, come on, like score a touchdown, please, just do something," you know. Uh, and I think he'll he'll be fine. I would trade for him right now. Uh, a friend of mine just uh, texted me a, a trade that he had made for Le'Veon Bell. Where I think he traded Amari Cooper and C.J. Anderson, and I thought he had he was the one trading Le'Veon Bell. And I started you know making fun of him and saying, "Oh man, like why do you?" You know, why'd you trade, you know, 50 cents on the dollar? And then I say, he said, wait, no, I got Le'Veon Bell. And I was like, oh, what a great <laughs> trade. Because, you know, Amari's good, but but I'm selling high on C.J. Anderson. But you're still getting the number one running back in the NFL, regardless of the fact that he started out slow the first three weeks. So uh, buy low all the way, uh, listeners. I would agree. There you go. Uh, all right, we're moving on to a little segment we're going to call Would You Rather, which is named after that awesome thing that you used to do. Uh, when you're sitting around your dorm room, which is, you know, would you rather uh, pick one thing or another? So let's start off with a, a, an interesting one. As a fantasy, with, with fantasy owners, would you rather be a fantasy owner of Le'Veon Bell, who we just talked about, or Ezekiel Elliott? And I'm going to start with this, and I'm going to say I'd rather be a Le'Veon Bell owner. And I, here's why, and it's partially because Ezekiel Elliott is, th- th- there's still some, you know, rumblings here and there sometimes, oh, you know, like maybe the suspension will somehow come back. Uh, uh, this season, uh, even though there was when when it was uh, frozen, 
there was there everyone was saying, all right, he's he's good to go. So that's part of the reason. But I also just I didn't like what I saw out of Ezekiel Elliott last week. You know, there was all that uh, chatter about you know him giving up and and all that. That didn't make me feel good. I think Le'Veon Bell is still getting his legs under him, uh, especially after holding out all the all that offseason and getting used to uh, NFL rhythms again. I think by week seven he's he's going to be back to his old ways and uh ezekiel will will do the same i think he'll it's not like he's going to put up a whatever it is five carries for eight yards kind of game and and you know get called out for his effort i still think ezekiel elliott it will have uh, an iffy game or two uh here and there that's that's my thing the cowboys defense also concerns me and that's when you know ezekiel does catch passes but i don't know does that factor in as well so i'm i too many questions about ezekiel elliott for the moment i think it's Le'Veon bell over over elliott What's your take? So I would probably go with Bell, but I'm just going to argue Elliot just to give a different perspective. I I really wasn't concerned with what I saw against the Broncos just because it's the Broncos playing at home. That's what they do. True. They shut down whatever you do best. And I think he has the better run-blocking offensive line. The Steelers have a great offensive line, but they're not the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys will commit to the run more than the Steelers will. I mean, there's so many mouths to feed on that Steelers offense. Bryant, Brown, even Jesse James has been productive this year. You know, the Cowboys have weapons, but Dez isn't the same weapon he was, you know, three years ago. Jason Witten isn't either. So I think Elliott is the best player on that offense. I don't know if you can say the same thing about Bell right now. I think Antonio Brown is definitely the focal point of that offense right now. No, absolutely. I, well, the thing with with uh, Elliott is, is who has the better line. Obviously, it's the Cowboys. Nobody has a better line than the Cowboys, uh, and and that certainly does help. Um, uh, I think with with Le'Veon Bell, it's more of a question of like uh, he's the better pass catcher, you know. So I yeah. think if, if Penguin, uh, I, I just called them Penguins. Is that absurd? <laughs> the, the Steelers uh, coming from behind, uh, uh, you know, if, if they have to come back back from behind like they, they were uh, yesterday or, you know, or they're kind of in close games. I, I kind of want Bell with the ball more. But Elliot, I got to give him credit. He's been a great pass catcher, uh, improved that uh, right out of his rookie year. So uh, it's it's a close one, it, it, but it's like Bell 1A, Elliot uh, 1B for me. Uh, here's the next one. At this point, would you rather bet against a heavily favored Patriots team or bet against a Browns team getting a lot of points? And this is for all of our folks out there who, uh, who do a little gambling. What do you got? So I'm taking the Browns. Going against Ooh. Belichick. Last year, the rule was don't bet against Belichick because he covers every time. But this year, he has not covered. He didn't cover against the Texans. He didn't cover against the Chiefs. Obviously, they lost the game. So until they figure out that defense, I'm betting against the Patriots because their, their lines are always going to be artificially high just because you know everyone bets on the Patriots and I think I still think the Browns are a little underrated I know they didn't cover on Sunday but I think they're going to get better every week especially when they get Miles Garrett back I think that they're just going to continue the trend upwards and Vegas might take a couple weeks to adjust to that so yeah I think you can make some money betting on the Browns going forward <laughs> Who would have thunk that? Uh, I'm. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, "Wait, Miles Garrett hasn't played yet, and when he does, he's going to be a total game changer." We saw it in the preseason. Uh, I'm with you. I'm. I'm. I'm sort of wary now about betting about the uh, on the Patriots after what we saw on Sunday. Um, 
it was what thirteen and a half points that that line was yep. for for the Patriots, and that's that's a lot of points. And I, we all said in our picks, com, I believe we all did. We all pick the Pats, or did you did you take the points? No, I took I took the Patriots. Uh, there you go. We all so we all didn't bet against Belichick. Uh, uh, I think now that there there is that that sort of backdoor cover possibility, especially with what you talked about with the defense. I think the Browns. Yeah, I think Kaiser is a rookie. He's going to get a little bit better every week. I think their offensive line is better than uh, they've played. Uh, so I kind of hope that, that that improves. And I think, yeah, Miles Garrett comes back and, and suddenly they have their, their first uh, overall pick and, and he starts uh, making uh, other quarterbacks pay and, and making them for lost time. So I'm, I'm taking the Browns there. And, and uh, let's see if we, we back it up, though, on our picks column every week. Because I don't know if we, if we have that bravery, you know. Uh, we're going to have to, doctor, after talking about it. There's a 0% chance we back that up. In our <laughs> Nobody backs the Browns. I write a, a little thing on our site every week that's like the hope index for Browns fans in this week's is going to be a real bummer. Uh, and the final segment that we have is is some we're calling, and we're naming it after a game that I, some of you listening can guess. Uh, this is called Start Bench Cut, which is um, after a game that, that involves um, marrying and killing. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so we're going to pick three names, and we're going to say who we would start, who we would bench, and who we would cut. So the first one, you, you had one. Go, go for it. Present it. So mine is Chris Thompson of the Redskins, Alvin Kamara of the Saints, and Dalvin Cook of the Vikings. So what I'm, gonna, I'm going yeah. to start Dalvin Cook, I'm going to bench Alvin Kamara, and I'm going to cut Chris Thompson. And here's wow, all right. So I am not trusting Sean Payton handling this running back trio. He's already admitted he has no idea how it's going to work out going forward. He said that after Sunday's game. I think Kamara is talented. I think he's more talented than Thompson. And I think he's right up there with Cook, actually. But I'm just worried about how consistent his opportunities are going to be week to week. So I'm not going to trust trust putting him in my lineup every week. I'm going to keep him on the bench and just put him in whenever I need him. Dalvin Cook, I think is going to continue to get 20-plus carries with the Vikings. He's just too good to waste those carries on even Latavius Murray. He's going to keep getting targets in the passing game. He's going to keep producing these these big plays. So that's why I, I'm comfortable starting him every week, even though he's a rookie. And then Thompson, I like how Gruden is using him, and I think he's a really good player, a really good third down back. I'm just, I just think, you know, he's getting these touches now, but I just don't know if it's going to, continue i don't know if he's going to continue to produce these big plays he's like so dependent on on touchdowns because he doesn't get too many touches and that's what i'm worried about yeah i i totally am on board with this it's it's start dalvin cook bench alvin and uh and cut chris thompson even though chris thompson is going to be either a big name off the waivers or if you're in a smart league you already saw him get picked up when uh, uh fat rob kelly uh, went down. That's a nickname, by the way. Did not, you know, I, I don't want anybody thinking I'm, I'm fat shaming yeah. Rob Kelly. I believe his nickname is, is Fat Rob uh, yes, that he is. might have given himself. Anyway, um, but you have um, P. Ryan there, and then you have Chris Thompson, who, yeah, who's who's just made what three big plays in the last two weeks? Um, uh, yeah. Just those little, you know, touch passes, and he's gone from from Cousins. I don't, I don't believe it either. And part of it is because I think it was Gruden who had a quote about Thompson, how we don't want to lean on him too much because of his size. And that was not that alarming because we know smaller scat backs are not going to be the guys who uh, are going to, uh, you know, get the ball every single play and running it up the gut um, 
even though Darren Sproles was doing that for a while for, for the Eagles. Uh, but I just I don't see that uh, big play happening week to week. So if you're dependent on touchdowns, you're automatically thinking cut. Um, Kamara's got the upside. He just needs the opportunities. You kind of need that running back situation to figure itself out. I think Ingram is still number one there. I don't really trust him as a number one, partially because the Saints are going to play a lot of games from behind because their defense is putrid. Um, and that means more opportunity for Alvin. The problem is, is Adrian Peterson is there and he's chirping about his, his playing time. So I'm sort of like, uh, I, I really don't know if Alan Kamara is is going to get the opportunities he should be getting. Um, so but leave him on your bench. That's my take. And of course, Dalvin Cook uh, is right now a top 12 running back. Um, he is three downs. He's playing an offense that uh, might get a boost if Teddy Bridgewater comes back. Um, all kinds of opportunities. And I think he's doing it too, even without uh, a quarterback there, because that offense is not necessarily built around a quarterback, something that we discussed last year when Sam Bradford uh, was was uh, doing well for the Vikes. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, and you brought up a great point with Thompson. He's, he doesn't have that build of the classic touchdown, you know, the guy that gets the touchdown every drive. You know, fantasy running backs, the ones you can rely on for touchdowns are the big backs, like LeGarrette Blunt. You're not going to get that from Thompson. Right, he's no Mike Jealousy, that's for sure. Uh, Can we figure out what, what uh, Mark Ingram did to Sean Payton, where he just doesn't trust him? I mean, I feel like Ingram has been productive every time he gets a shot, and he has a big game, and this next week he gets no carries. I, I just don't understand what's going on. I don't either. No, I don't. I, if, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's that Sean Payton is not like built for Sean Payton's offense, if that makes any sense. Like He's not necessarily like a traditional pass catcher, nor is he that effective sometimes in certain games. Like I think he comes and, and goes and disappears. And I think Sean Payton just does not like that. And it's that plus the fact that, you know, he needs somebody a little more dynamic out of the out of the backfield, um, which is Alvin Kamara. Hello. Um, but I think that's kind of the combination of the two. But yeah, you kind of wonder like what is what does Ingram have on him? But uh it's been really annoying for fantasy owners. Uh, I had him last year and I was really ticked off that there would be a great game followed by a really pedestrian game. Uh so it's it's very aggravating. Here is my start bench cut. This is going to be a fun one, I think. Um, ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, or Carson Wentz. And I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to start Philip Rivers even after the game he had last week. I'm going to bench Ben Roethlisberger. And then, unfortunately, I have to cut Carson Wentz, and I really don't want to do that because he's been pretty good to start the season. Um, that's why I love uh, a good game of start bench cut because – you never know, you know, we could come up with a really impossible one and somebody good is going to get cut. Yeah, we're not I'm actually not... telling you to cut him. What's, just, what's that? We're not actually telling you to cut Carson Wentz. Right, or we Chris should Thompson. throw that out there, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you're not in the other game, you're not going to actually kill somebody. But you have to choose, it's sort of putting you to the test to choose somebody. So, uh, I'm going to say that Ben Roethlisberger's um, struggles on the road are starting to get annoying. I'm also kind of really concerned about Martavis Bryant not being that useful week to week and and without that kind of deep option uh even though is it juju he's he's been picking up the pace a little bit for ben but uh, you know there's a lot going on there that i'm not uh, i'm not certain about with ben so i'm gonna keep him on the bench carson Wentz out of those two i i love and i also love philip rivers even after he threw three interceptions on sunday i still think the the guys in a high octane offense i really like what they, they're doing um with those receivers keen Allen is back uh so i'm still really high on him i still think he ends up uh, in the bottom of the top 10 quarterbacks end of the year. And Carson Wentz, sorry, buddy, you, you, you just got elbowed out. What's your take? All right, I am starting Rivers. I am benching Carson Wentz, and I'm cutting Big Ben. 
I actually Ooh. have Roethlisberger on my fantasy team this year, so I haven't cut him yet, though. And I've had him <laughs> a couple times over the last few years. I play in a league with a bunch of Ravens fans, and they refuse to draft him, so I always get him late. It's always good value. But he's always a disappointment. How is he not better behind that offensive line and with all those weapons? How is he not throwing 40 touchdowns a year? He, I mean, he gets hurt for one or two games, but he always underperforms, I feel like. And he's inconsistent. Yeah. Oh. He should be lighting up the Bears' defense. There's no reason they should only have 17 points in an overtime game. So, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm it's frustrating. I'm cutting him. I'm keeping Carson Wentz because he's good. what we said earlier, he's going to throw it 35 times a game. And he adds uh, value on the ground. He can run. And then I'm, I'm starting Phillip Rivers because he's, he's the best quarterback of the three, in my opinion. That's, that's probably an unpopular opinion right there. I think he's better than Roethlisberger. If you traded those two, I think Rivers would just put up ridiculous numbers. But he's also played two tough defenses early on, so I'm not worried about the start he's off to. I mean, the, Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Broncos are going to do that to a lot of quarterbacks. And the Dolphins are a little underrated on defense. So I'm not worried about the start he's gotten off to. He's, he's got a bunch of weapons there. I think Mike Williams is starting to practice the, their first-round picks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it should only get better from here. Yeah, totally agree with you. It's got to be the bolo tie. I'm, I'm always into, <laughs> into the bolo tie. Uh, that, that's, you know, and how many ever, however many kids he has. I think he's, he's such a funny personality uh, and, and uh, a heck of a quarterback, too. So that's our show. We're going we're gonna, to uh, end it by quickly naming our top five teams uh, uh, right now heading into week four of the NFL season. Uh, I'll let you lead off on this uh, since you, you've been uh, studying tape. All right, I'm staying with the Patriots at number one. I know they haven't played like it, but I still think they're the best team in the league. From there, I'm going with the Chiefs at number two. I'll go Falcons number three. And I think that game should not have been as close as it was against the Lions. They turned the ball over three times, and they dropped a couple picks, and they still won the game. That was impressive for me. Number four, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the... The Packers, I think, they lost to Atlanta, but they were missing their two starting tackles. They were missed, Jordy Nelson missed most of the game. I think when they're fully healthy, they're one of the best teams in the league. And number five, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the Steelers. I know they're gonna be, they're gonna disappoint throughout the regular season. By the, by the time the playoffs roll around, they're gonna be good. Interesting, very interesting. Because I, I have a bunch of those teams on the list. Are I, I agree with. Practical all to my switch. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on the Chiefs, by the way. I think the Chiefs are going to end up uh, one of the top teams in the league. I have them at number one right now. Uh, Patriots number two, uh, I, though uh, they probably should be number one after that comeback. But I'm, I'm sort of, this is like my expectations for the Patriots are, are higher than this. So they're disappointing me right now, even though they're still really good. Uh, so let's see what they can do. I bet you they'll be number one by midseason. Uh, Falcons number three, I think they that was a really impressive win. I think they're still... Great. They haven't sort of lost the pace that they had last year. Number four, the Packers. Uh, I think Jordan Nelson, yep, that's a total factor. You know, came back this week and, and was terrific. Uh, and when they're they're fully stocked, they're they're ready to go. And number five is the team we talked about. The Lions are the fifth best team in the NFL right now. Uh, they were one Golden Tate call away from being 3-0, which is absurd. And it means that we can just keep talking about how awesome the Jim Bob Cooter offense is. And it's always great to say the name Jim Bob Cooter out loud. So... Uh, there you have it, Stephen. Any any other closing words before we go? No, I think we covered it all. 
We really did. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, uh, we'll see you next week.